Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash covers your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized, soft and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. For the third year, Olay Body is a proud sponsor of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride and supporter of the LGBTQ plus community. So this pride glow with confidence, not just all month, but all year long. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of 1 carat plus and receive a free natural 1 carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education selection and value like diamonds direct your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at diamonds direct won't last long details at diamondsdirect.com high five casino is a social casino with real prizes and big vegas hits at highfivecasino.com the hottest games right from vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account hundreds of exclusive games free daily rewards and come back to get free coins every four hours only at highfivecasino.com high five casino is a social casino no purchase necessary void were prohibited play responsibly terms and conditions apply see website for details at high the number five casino.com high five casino we're back uh, this is Behind the Bastards podcast. Bad people talk about them. I'm Robert Evans. Uh, this is part two of our episode on Oswald Mosley. So don't listen to this unless you've listened to episode one, you fucking maniac. Yeah. My guests. You're a maniac. Unless you're a maniac, in which case, I enjoy watching all the episodes in reverse order for no good reason. Yeah. If you play them backwards, I will tell you to do drugs and worship the devil. <laughs> but I did that. I tell you that forwards, forwards yeah. too. You're supposed to play it backwards while you're watching a. Yeah. Uh, uh, Wizard of Oz. Either way, do do drugs and worship the devil. That's just common sense. Or <laughs> <laughs> did do drugs and worship the devil. Oh, okay. Cody's just making sure this works backwards yeah. and forth. My guests uh, today, as with last time, Cody Johnston, Katie Stoll, did hey. not mix up your first names this time. Yes. Hi. Sorry Thank about you. that. Thank you. No, no. Uh, it's okay. I mean, I. it was awful. It was mm-hmm. awful. Traumatic. Painful. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't want to relive it, It was actually, the 9-11 of, of this podcast episode mm-hmm. but we've moved on we've moved we'll on never forget but we're moving on like we did from 9-11 <laughs> yes. yeah yes. into into an 18 year long six trillion dollar war mm-hmm. this uh, is the second year this 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 episode is the second year of the 18 year long when we're all still kind of yeah. on board <laughs> yeah we're like really <laughs> we're excited gonna do about it. We're where gonna it's do going it. we'll get it we'll get it yeah yeah uh i'm excited for the point where we all watch 300 and take like a, a message about the war on terror away from it but of this conversation. This has gotten off track. <laughs> We've got the coffee mate back on the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, one pump, one cream. One, one pump, pump, one cream. One pump, one, one cream. cream. Obviously, I just I feel so guilty that it wasn't on the table before. 
It's okay. I, yeah. I, I mean, I felt it, but I didn't want to. Let's re-record the last episode. Let's re- mm-hmm. let's do it. Let's re-record the last episode. <laughs> Just pretend we mentioned one pump, one cream an awful lot. Well, we're always thinking about it. We're always thinking about it. The thing is, is that's true. I think about it a lot now. (laughs) Yeah, because one pump is, in fact, one cream. Doesn't have very good stamina. One pump is one cream. One pump is one cream. You know who wouldn't have agreed with that? Oh. A little fascist. Oh, no. It was actually six foot two. Don't say it. Named Oswald Mosley. Six foot two Oswald Tommy Mosley. Didn't think that one pump was one cream? I don't think he did. Uh, I don't think he did. I was on board with this guy, but now <laughs> I'm having some second thoughts. Now, now you're questioning his. Well, I liked, I mean, like Britain first. You know, you got to put your people yeah, the first. Absolutely. And I, I, I was listening. I was like, it sounds like this guy's probably going to be on board with one pump, one He's cream. great at piloting, except for that one time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but he was trying to impress his mom. Mm. I think she would have been more impressed if one of his pumps had equaled one cream. <laughs> but, I think she wants a few more. <laughs> she would have been pretty. I think she wants a few more pumps before a cream. <laughs> like, I, mean, I don't even want to say They're she... British, Katie. <laughs> oh, that's true. I don't even want to say she would be disappointed. Yeah. yeah. Well, because, you know, the, the, the women are supposed to lie down and think of England, right? Isn't that, yeah. Isn't that the phrase? Mm-hmm. So if one pump is one cream, that's, well, actually, that's less thinking of England. I'm very confused now. We one should... pump, one cream, one nation. What? Nice. All right. Nice. One nation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cream first. Cream first. <laughs> Gross, guys. Really? Starting up. Top. Pretty gross. Uh, but one day we're going to get invited on to Come Town. I don't know what that <laughs> podcast is, but I know there's a podcast called Come Town. Mm. I'm I assume the name. it's terrible. Uh, it sounds like something Cody would have wanted to start. It could be, I really don't know. It could be great. Uh, they could be talking about one pump, one cream right now. They, they could be. And if so, I support them. I was uh, tapping my papers <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. on the table. It, it doesn't translate yeah, there's a audibly. To the audio medium. Visual uh, performance right here. It right. does make me f- feel more confident, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone's loving this. What, what are you... So- Sophie's gotten up from Sorry, her I'll table. And she's showing me a laptop. Official podcast of the Come Boys. Full description. <laughs> That's the Come Town official? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. That adds up. I, I bet mean... they make $100,000 a month. <laughs> 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 like, mm-hmm. <laughs> They deserve it. <laughs> one hundred thousand pumps, one hundred thousand creams. I wonder how many pumps are in this Nestle coffee, mate. There's only one way to find out. I think we figured yeah. out a great idea for bonus content. Yeah, we're canceling this, this episode. We're just gonna find out. <laughs> you know, you can learn about Mosley later. Yeah, we're, we're gonna yeah, pump we're gonna this cream. Looks like it's about three hundred. Mm. <laughs> three hundo. Mm-hmm. Sounds better if you say hundo. Mm-hmm. Thirty days after opening, I feel like it's been more than thirty days since we recorded. Yeah. Eh. No, but we don't know when it was opened. We don't know when it was opened. Yeah. So, back to Oswald Mosley. Oswald Tommy Mosley. Oswald Tommy Mosley. Six foot two. (laughs) (laughs) Anti-Semitism was obviously the cornerstone of German fascism, but it was not nearly as prominent in Italian or Spanish fascism. Those sorts of attitudes were still quite common in both countries, but it was more the result of centuries of bigotry rather than the highly evolved eliminationist anti-Semitism practiced by the Nazis. Mosley, in public at least, declared that anti-Semitism was completely separate from fascism. He refused to let the BUF distribute anti-Semitic propaganda, which led to one of his further right opponents in the Imperial Fascist League to declare the British Union of Fascists the British Union of Fascists. Oh, dig. Da- that's get, burn. On, get right on out of there. But hey, did you get it? Because it's just Union, but he made it 
Oh, J- oh, I didn't even get oh. that part. Yeah, uh, can, I re- can, I try, can I react again? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I feel like that's what it er- deserves. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I want to give it its due. In 1933, Mosley gave a statement to the Jewish Chronicle, in which he swore that, quote, anti-Semitism forms no part of the policy of this organization, and anti-Semitic propaganda is forbidden. But while the propaganda was forbidden, anti-Semites themselves were very much allowed in the BUF. One of their most notorious speakers was also one of England's most notorious racists. Mm -hmm. William Brooke Joyce was an Anglo-Irish firebrand who got his political start working as a courier for British Army intelligence against the Irish Republican Army. In the mid-20s, he became a conservative political activist. During a 1924 meeting for a candidate he supported, Joyce claimed he was slashed across the cheek by a Jewish communist with a razor blade, leaving a prominent scar that he'd had for the rest of his life. In 1992, Joyce's biographer talked to his first wife, who claimed, quote, it wasn't a Jewish communist who disfigured him. He was knifed by an Irish woman. (laughs) Good on you, Irish woman. Uh, He probably deserved it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of problems with the IRA, but in in 1930s, not the guys on the wrong side of the Mm, conflict. Mm, mm. (laughs) Different story later on, but... (laughs) That's another behind the bastards. That's another behind the bastards. Yeah. Joyce would later gain prominence in life as Lord Haw-Haw. Broadcasting pro-Nazi propaganda from Germany into England during the course of the war. He was executed in 1946 for these crimes. But during the 1930s, he was a member of the BUF and its first prominent anti-Semite. According to the death of British fascism, quote, BUF policy initially forced Joyce to temper his violently anti-Semitic views. Mosley's position on anti-Semitism was clear. It was irrelevant to fascism. Despite this handicap to Joyce's ideology, his talent for incisive rhetoric soon made him the most renowned speaker in the BUF after Mosley himself. So, Joyce was made the BUF's propaganda director in 1934. He gradually started to pepper in more and more anti-Semitism with his pro-fascist rants. He repeatedly stated that the core of all Britain's problems was Jewish people. Mm-hmm. He ranted about, quote, a two-pronged Jewish advance by means of capitalism and communism towards world domination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There we go. Mm-hmm. You only need one prong. Well, and you know, capitalism and communism are clearly two prongs of the same form. <laughs> yes. The third prong of which is Bitcoin? Bitcoin. <laughs> Bitcoin. But they didn't have a term for it then. <laughs> they didn't communism. have it. They hadn't, they hadn't figured it out yeah. yet. Yeah. It was still waiting to get mined out of yeah. numbers. Yeah, you yeah. mine the numbers. We hadn't discovered Bitcoin. We hadn't discovered Bitcoin. The, number earth. the third block, prong of the communism capitalism the... fork. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like we figured that out. Now, <laughs> Joyce was far from the only inveterate racist in the British Union of Fascists. Many of Mosley's earliest followers were super anti-Jewish. I spelled it that way. Yeah, good. I mean, you want to emphasize that. You do. Yeah. One pump is one cream. Now, when he was questioned about this, Mosley would claim that these men were allowed in the BUF because he knew that, in spite of their bigotry, they wanted to move past that into a bigger and better fight. How do you reason with that nonsense? Uh... That's nonsense. I mean, reasoning might be a strong is, word yeah. for what you do bigot, with it. Like, what do you think bigotry leads to the, the better things? Yeah. I guess that's how you reason it. Nonsense. Yeah, you might reason it with like, I don't know. I mean, get these people oh, on the phone. I want to talk about it. That's how I would I respond yeah. to it. But yeah, yeah. where's your justification for that? Right. Like, it's just nonsense. And I want to have, I, want, I think they need a talking to. You think you're, you're going to give a talking to anti-Semitism? I think, I, think I, would like to, I think I would like to talk to anti-Semitism real get quick. Get them on the horn. Yeah. Let's see what we can get through uh, today. Uh, hello. Concept of anti-Semitism? <laughs> Cody. Cody would like to talk to you. Yes, yes please. Yeah. He's on speaker. Yeah. Um, 
What? <laughs> Come on! What are you doing? Yeah. I'm work? trying to think of a way to be the voice of anti-Semitism right. without just like saying anti-Semitic propaganda. Right? Yeah, I, I, read yeah, so I know. Much it's a it. problematic mm. problem. We should probably just move on <laughs> from this bit. Sure. My point being. What? That's nonsense. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nonsense. Point taken. While Mosley continued to assert that anti-Semitism had no place in his party, the realities on the street were quite different. British Jews and fascist activists clashed constantly in the back alleys and byways of London. In April 1933, London police arrested seven BUF members and six Jewish people for disturbing the peace. The fascists had been out selling copies of Black Shirt in a, new, in a Jewish neighborhood. They'd been attacked by a group of local Jews who knew damn well what was going on in Germany and didn't believe a word of Mosley's We're Non-Fascists line. Everyone involved was arrested, but nobody was charged. This sparked another street fight a week later, when 12 members of the BUF returned to the same street corner to hawk their racist wares. Three of the fascists were injured, and one was hospitalized. Eight Jews were arrested. The officer who booked them noted that the fascists had been extremely provocative prior to the fight. Incidents like this, and even bloodier than this, grew more common as the BUF expanded and slid further towards outright racism. Although, it sounds to me like the, uh, the anti-fascists here the violent ones. It does sound that way. That. It sounds like that. these guys were just handing out some anti-Jewish propaganda yeah. Yeah. in a Jewish neighborhood yeah. of an ideology that was leading to Jewish people being put in camps in another country not very far away. And then these violent mm-hmm. people decided to attack them. Yeah. yeah. The first part of what you said, I mean, you just used too many words to just describe You're right. them. It's free speech. Free speech. Mm-hmm. They were doing a free exactly. speech. They were doing a free speech. They were doing a free speech, and these these monsters showed up and like and hated their free speech. Yeah, for no reason. Yeah, they did the hate speech. They did the they hate did speech. hate speech against their free speech because the they speech. hated what they were saying. Uh, yeah, never thought I'd I'd be supportive of fascism, but mm-hmm. here we are. It's just you know free speech. Uh, we don't need to analyze the question of free speech any more than that. No, and there's no way in which advocating for an ideology that led to six million people being burnt alive in in ovens. Uh, and gassed to death and such. There's no there's no way in which that is I advocating for that speech is comparable to yelling fire in a crowded theater. No, no, no. I no. wouldn't, no, I wouldn't in no even, way, shape, or form. I couldn't uh I couldn't even like uh describe it in a way that that could be argued. Yeah. Let's read the next paragraph. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The Jewish community in England was divided as to how to respond to the BUF. Some people obviously preferred punching fascists to dialogue, but many felt like the violence was counterproductive. On August 4th, 1933, the Jewish Chronicle called Jewish attacks on BUF activists wicked and stupid. This condemnation was not enough to change most people's beliefs that fascism had to be confronted violently in the streets rather than debated. The BUF's official turning point towards open, proud anti-Semitism was the Olympia rally, which is the rally we talked about in the last episode mm-hmm. with all the disruptors. Mosley gave his first anti-Jewish address on October 28, 1934. This marked the very first time he referenced the Jews in a speech, saying, quote, The Jews, more than any other single force in this country, are carrying on a violent propaganda against us. Oswald Mosley then stated, with zero evidence, that 32 of the 34 people convicted for violent attacks on fascists had been Jewish. Mm-hmm. Mosley claimed that, in total, Jewish people were responsible for 50% of all attacks on his men. Now, it's hard to say how much of this was ideological, based on deeply felt beliefs, and how much of it was just due to soulless politicking. The death of British fascism notes, quote, much of this shift in ideology can be attributed to an effort to win over the urban working class. Mosley hoped to fill a niche in anti-immigrant propaganda present in Britain for decades. Organizations such as the British Brothers League had gained significant following in urban areas in previous years. Formed in 1902, the League espoused an anti-Semitic platform seeking to limit Jewish immigration from Eastern Europe. Its limited success can be attributed to the traditional 
additional friction of the working class with large immigrant populations during times of scarcity. Perceived competition over jobs, customers, and culture led to reactions from native Britons. Conditions in 1934 were ripe for this kind of clash, and Mosley hoped to capitalize with a new Britain for the British policy, thereby further marginalizing British Jewish immigrants. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's a lot like yep. Nazism yes. to me. <laughs> But nothing like anything that ever happened afterwards. No, no, no. Britain for, Britain for British people. Um, did you know that, uh, like, Jewishness and immigrants and Marxism are all the same thing? Well, of course, Cody. Yeah. B- because of the of the famous Jew, Karl Marx. Yes. As mm-hmm. yes. the creator of the as, Daily Mail noted. As, as, as uh, off, the oft-described German Jew... Karl Marx, <laughs> as described by the creator of the Daily Mail, the largest English language newspaper mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah, yeah. I, I've I feel confident in where and, and you how know I what's get my frustrating is how the left owns the media. I've I've, yeah, I've, noticed, I, I've noticed that too. You've noticed I've that noticed too. You that. It's crazy. Is that the same as those three things that I mentioned? It is the same as it's those the, three seems things like it's you the mentioned. Same thing as those things. Why it's, don't people realize this? I we should. If there was like more media, uh, like public figures who would say the truth about how those four things are the same. Cody, I have some great news about a fellow named Doctor Jordan Peterson. Ooh. <laughs> you are you are gonna love this guy. Yeah, does he write books? Does he have good thoughts? He's got so a many strong books. Sounding yeah. name and pajamas smart. with lobsters on them for some reason. Can I buy them? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, but what if I want those lobsters on like an iPhone case? You or... can get that along with your cup of leftist tears. Ooh, I love making <laughs> on his society six page. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> cry and drinking their tears. Oh, what a fun mm, time in politics. Warm Salty water mm. to own the libs. You know what I love is that it's never not been this way. Yeah. That's that's, that's my favorite thing, too. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the best thing. We all just didn't realize it for a while. Because, mm-hmm. like, a a guy who was, like, sane and good at, at passing as sane mm-hmm. was yeah, president. Yeah. Like, yeah and, and he like did fucked of... up shit. But we were all like, but when he talks, he doesn't incite racial hatred. Mm. And for for like, low bar. Yeah. <laughs> super low bar. <laughs> you can murder so many people. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, boy. with, like, robots. Yeah. You have that, robots do it. Yeah, sure. Wait, uh, why not? Why not? Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Boy, it was, it was the same then, too. Yeah. Mosley continued to insist that his attacks on Jewish people were not done on racial or religious grounds, but instead, quote, <laughs> because they fight against fascism. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. Which is interesting. So he doesn't hate them because they're Jewish. He hates them because they're anti-fascist. So That's And why did he hate it when he was younger? I'm curious. <laughs> well, his granddad wouldn't let him in the house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you're so it's like learned. It's like a learned behavior. Yeah. So like a sort of like yeah. a sort of It's like it's behavior. like a learned behavior in that like you learn about history first from your parents and mm-hmm. then you hear about it more from the school and then you read about it more in books by mm-hmm. Dr. Jordan Peterson. <laughs> And then you're walking around in your lobster pajamas and you realize you just spent like, I don't know, 500 bucks on lobsters for your iPhone. (laughs) Oh, boy. As a fun fact, I, I, in the wake of that Christchurch shooting, I, you know, I wrote a bunch of articles and did a bunch of media appearances talking about 8chan's poll board. And they have been commenting on it. And in addition to threatening me, they are now very convinced that I'm Jewish. (laughs) <laughs> because I have a large nose, mm. which is like, 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 obviously doesn't matter what ethnicity my family is, but they're very convinced of that. Uh, as are they of everyone who was on the documentary that I was on. Oh, They've got cool. pictures of us all together talking about our 
our Ashkenazi features. Right. Are they are there a lot of circles on of, the of, of circles? Of course, oh. of course there's oh, circles on yes. them. Yes. Yeah. Um that's I'm angry. Um, <laughs> it's really yeah, frustrating. Yeah, yeah. I can't make jokes about it because yeah. I'm angry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we are we are well off the rails here. Uh, sure. So now while all the street fighting and racism was going on, the BOF continued to expand rather rapidly. It recruited primarily in industrial areas, often from the vast ranks of Britain's unemployed workers. As many of his recruits were former Labour Party supporters as were conservatives. Many joined not out of racism or a specific desire to live under a dictatorship, but because they were desperate for money. One member sure. later recalled, quote, the story was that Mosley was a millionaire and all you had to do was join the BOF and you'd be looked after. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The That's... BOF's financial backers were mostly middle-class businessmen and a few wealthy snobs, but most of them refused to actually take to the streets. The poor, disenfranchised, and laid-off made up the bulk of the street movement. I found a great Slate article by Martin Pugh, author of Hurrah for the Black Shirts, a book about fascism in Britain between the wars. Quote, the movement was highly opportunistic in that it exploited issues which had local relevance, mostly focused as speaking tours in areas of declining industry, notably Lancashire and Yorkshire, where the working-class conservative tradition offered potential recruits. In cotton towns, he campaigned for the recovery of Britain's export markets in India. In the Yorkshire woolen centers, he denounced competition by low-wage Asian countries and the boycotting of British goods by Jews. And in mining districts such as Barnsley, he condemned imports of coal from Poland while British workers remained unemployed. Okay. I mean, do we need to draw the conclude? Like, I don't see any conclusions. <laughs> do we, do here, we need to explicitly make the comparisons? Or no, we don't, don't. We don't anymore. Do we just do want to let I you? Just, like, that question you just asked is all the work we need. All right, yeah. you want to let you spend the words. I, I say like, we just. I say we just let people stew with that and break for some of those sweet, sweet ads. I love yes. that idea ads. almost as much as I love whatever products. By the way, if you work for a company that makes an ads. The, the the axe like tool mm -hmm. please advertise on our show because mm -hmm. I would I would love to do a plug like a, an ad transition ads, yeah. where I, I do that it would yeah. be satisfying to me on like a, a, a glottal level sure so yeah if if you're an ads manufacturer yeah just like a fun little congratulations on being a business <laughs> right, like, right. that is, that is a niche yeah <laughs> But, you know. Uh, congratulations on your customer. <laughs> <laughs> Hit him up. Products! My favorite spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. Wow, how have I been living like this? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless, when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Wow, how have I been affording this? It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. Say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills, and unexpected overages. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans starting at 15 bucks a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash behind. That's mintmobile.com slash behind. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash behind. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to 15 bucks a month. New customers on first three-month plan only.
only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. It goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. We're back. So, Martin Pugh, author of Her Offer the Black Shirts, also notes that one of the primary things that differentiated Mosley from his German and Italian fascist counterparts was the prominent position women held in the BUF. Feminist icon Oswald Mosley, I can see. Yeah, there we go. Oswald Mosley was the fascist equivalent of a, oh, feminist icon. I just wrote that into the script. (laughs) (laughs) By which I mean, he was happy to use women's votes to try to strip power away from women. Smart man. Smart man. Mm. Oswald's mother, Maud, ran the women's section of the BUF. She was followed in that job by several (laughs) ex-suffragettes who came to regret supporting their own right to vote for reasons I can't quite wrap my head around. (laughs) Women eventually composed more than a quarter of the BUF. Their uniform was a black blouse and beret with a gray skirt. No lipstick or makeup was allowed. Mm-hmm. In 1934, the Sunday Dispatch decided to hold a beauty contest for female black shirts, which again makes zero sense to me. Nobody entered. Mostly <laughs> posited this was because, quote, these were serious women dedicated to the cause of their country rather than aspirants to the gaiety theater chorus. Which, it's weird to me that a magazine not associated with the fascist movement would decide to hold a beauty contest just for fascist ladies. Like, yeah, I don't, it's weird. What is going on there? That's, that's all over the place. You can't wear makeup, but we're going to... We're going to do a beauty contest. We're not fascists. But we're going to hold a beauty contest yeah. for your ladies. What it's weird. We, like, yeah, the sexiest fascists out there. What if we have the sexiest fascists? Yeah. This is the problem. This right here with their whole thing. Mm-hmm. You're all over the place with the women thing. You're all yeah. over the place. Well, with the, like well I mean, the, the fascists were consistent because none of them went. Sure, none of them right. signed up. Like, right, right, I'll right. give that to them. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Credit they, where credit's due. Credit's where it's yeah. due. All right. They didn't wear makeup, Katie. Right. Okay. <laughs> I bet that brought down uh, the amount of sexual harassment. Uh, in the workplace. I bet there was a lot of sexual harassment. No, I, I mean, bet there wasn't because there's no makeup. No makeup. Uh, thank you very much, Dr. Jordan B. Peterson, for your, your great idea to reduce sexual really harassment in the workplace. In this talk. I didn't mean to. Yeah. I'm not, I don't think yeah. he's a, a Nazi or no, anything. No, just, no. I think he's a funny man. Funny, funny man. Funny, funny guy. <laughs> funny, funny guy. I like that. also like that Tommy put his mom in charge. Yeah, well, Tommy's mommy. <laughs> exactly. God. Look at me, Mom. Tommy's Mommy Mod. You know, in an alternate universe out there, 
There is an equally incredible The Who album called Tommy, mm-hmm. but it's about Oswald. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, and, I've been, and it's still amazing. I've been waiting this whole time to try to like slip yeah. that in there somehow. Can you hear me? I mean, it does start with Got a Feeling 21 is going to be yeah. a good year, mm. which is, I think, when he took I off. Think that's yeah, it. Exactly. I mean, this might be what it is. This might be what Right, maybe that's what it is. That's what it, like. pin, yeah. Pinball yeah. Wizard is. A, mm-hmm. Oh, a Pinball euphemism. Grand Wizard. Pinball <laughs> there Grand we Wizard. Go. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Oh, there's a whole song about child molestation in that in that rock opera. Is there really? Fiddle about? Ooh. Okay, it's about his wicked uncle Ernie molesting it. It's a great song. It's a great song. L- great album. Problematic songs band. from that era. I, in I, hindsight, I, it's it's a fucking fantastic album. Like they deal with it with care. Right? Yeah, it's my favorite album about Oswald mostly. Those <laughs> <laughs> Tommy. Yeah. Of the five albums about. Oh yeah. Oswald mostly. Oh, there was that. There was <laughs> that. There favorite. was that nine-hour Coheed and Cambria mm-hmm. black shirt, right? Amnesiac. Also. <laughs> <laughs> Lady fascists also trained in jujitsu, so they could fight anti-fascists who came to break up meetings. This was mainly because so many British anti-fascists were women, and it was not considered decent for male black shirts to beat them up. Mm. Many lady fascists were former suffragettes, as I already noted. One of them, Mary Richardson, explained, quote, I was first attracted to the black shirts because I saw in them the courage, the action, the loyalty, the gift of service, and the ability to serve, which I had known in the suffragette movement. It's all about service. Mm-hmm. Service and loyalty. Some of Mosley's successful women voters likely came from the fact that he was rather dashing. According to a Good Slate article on Mosley's popularity with women, quote, much of his impact depended on sheer physical presence. As a labor MP, Mosley had played up to the admiring young women in his audiences by smiling at them, caressing his mustache with one hand, while slapping his trouser leg with the other, and being rewarded with cries of, oh, Valentino. <laughs> I'm going to guess you had to be in the 30s to get why, oh, why women would say, say that. Being rewarded with cries of one pump, one cream. <laughs> <laughs> Most of these lady activists were, of course, mothers. And mothers, of course, raised sons. One of those sons was journalist Trevor Grundy. He wrote a memoir in 19... 19- don't, don't comment on <laughs> the right, name. Okay. He's not a bad guy. Yeah, no, okay. It's fine, <laughs> it's fine for his myself, name to be fine. Grundy. Yep. <laughs> Grundy wrote a memoir in 1998 about his experiences being raised as a Mosleyite. The Telegraph wrote an article about that, and I'm going to quote from it. Quote, Trevor Grundy recalled how, when he was just a boy after the war, his mother used to come out on the front step of their house in Paddington to see him off to school. As he turned out of the square where they lived, he'd wave back at her. Each morning, she'd stand to attention and fling out her right arm in a full fascist salute. I returned it. PJ, she shouted. Mosley followers speak for Parish Judah. I shouted back. I shouted it back. And then he'd run, satchel flying, to catch his bus. Yikes. Parish Judah. PJ. PJ. Pajamas. Pajamas. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. I hate what that stands for. That's not great. <laughs> now that uh, that little anecdote is from after the war, um, but I'd like to get into. Oh, it's after the war. It's after the war, and oh. we'll get into what became a Mosley during World so War II later. So that makes it worse. That does make yeah, it worse. That makes it worse. <laughs> yeah, that makes it worse for his mom for sure. Yeah. But I'd like to get into a little bit more about the children of the Mosleyites first. Specifically, I'd like to talk about their summer camps. Yes, please. <laughs> if there's one thing we've learned in this show, it's that fascists they, love, they love a summer, summer camp. Especially, love, like, catching frogs and, uh... You know, if you just... You, they just want a nice, cool coast to camp in. Yeah. They just want to be a cool coast <laughs> kid, you know? <laughs> oh, the coasts in England are pretty cool. Uh, they are. Because it cold. is a cold fucking island. Yeah, it's cold. cold chilly, cliffy. damp. Mm-hmm. Great food. Mm. Mm-hmm. Let's go. You're not showing off your bikini bod there, though. No, but I don't have one. 
So mm-hmm. well, Robert, no sure bikini bods, no makeup, no makeup, gray shirt or skirts. Mm-hmm. I that actually sounds fine. <laughs> yeah. Gray's a lovely color. Gray's a lovely love color. color. Yeah. yeah. Now I love color. I, love I meant <laughs> I meant to say I love that color. <laughs> now let's talk about their summer camps. Quote. It was near here, on farmland around Pegham and Selsey, that fascist summer camps were set up by Mosley followers during the 1930s. For 25 shillings a week, members in their hundreds would come with their children from all over England for sea bathing, fellowship, and fun. There was also an educational aspect to the gatherings, and even a jokey camp newsletter. It became part of the folklore that Mosley's annual visit always brought the sun out. People would refer to it as leader weather. At eight or nine years old, Diana was brought along by her parents. There's a girl in the story. What? Leader weather? Yeah. As, a, as an interesting cross-fascist parallel, when stormy weather blanketed Western Europe in 1944, grounding Allied aircraft and providing cover for the Wehrmacht during the infamous Battle of the Bulge, the Nazis called those storm clouds Führer weather. Wow. Which okay. is the same thing as yeah, leader weather. This is leader weather. Leader weather. Yeah. Oh. But, <laughs> but these guys think the sun shines leader mm-hmm. weather. God, all fascists are just losers in a cult. So... Yep. Yeah. Yep. Leader weather. Those poor kids. Those poor kids. They just wanted to chase frogs. They just wanted to chase frogs. Like summer camp. Great. Mm-hmm. So, oh, we got to be Nazis. Wait a minute. Oh, we got to talk about leader minute. weather. We got to say PJ. Okay. I like pajama. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> this brutality doesn't seem so whimsical right now. <laughs> I was promised whimsical, whimsical brutality. brutality. <laughs> I have not got So, since we've talked about battles. Uh, which we did a little bit ago before mm-hmm. digression. Let's talk about another battle, mm-hmm. the Battle of Cable Street. This is one of, if not the most important moments in the history of anti-fascist activism. And in fact, most modern anti-fascists who know their shit historically will point back to the Battle of Cable Street as sort of evidence for why their tactics are effective. After 1934, the BUF grew more and more aggressively anti-Semitic and closer in tenor to the actual Nazi party. Oswald Mosley declared a war against organized Jewry near the end of that year, and his black shirts began a campaign in London's East End. This was a heavily Jewish part of town, and his goal was to basically radicalize all the Gentiles living near Jewish areas. For the next two years, violence between black shirts and Jewish people escalated, culminating in a planned march by Oswald Mosley and 3,000 of his supporters across Cable Street. Locals attempted to head this march off. They gathered thousands of signatures for a petition, asked the local council to ban the fascist march. The council refused, and in the name of free speech, gathered 6,000 police officers to protect the fascists while they marched along mm-hmm, Cable Street. Mm-hmm. I did put the word free speech in there, so. Yeah, right. That one was, that one was, was not a right. quote. Thanks. <laughs> 6,000 cops, 3,000 Nazis. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some might say. 9,000 Nazis, mm. but <laughs> so much, so, that uh, might be not unfair. Us, but we wouldn't say that because we would not say all that. cops are well, fans and, of Brian DePastor. And cops love, yeah, <laughs> cops love this show. They mm. actually do. I, I, there are some fine, particularly in federal law enforcement uh, officers who are really concerned about the problem of far-right radicalization. As uh, it should be. Yes. But I also, it's my personal belief that it should not be illegal to espouse Nazi beliefs. It's also my personal belief that when Nazis march, people should beat the shit out of them and cops, if they're decent people, should be like, yeah, I'm just not going to do anything about this. (laughs) He's got a swastika. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck it. (laughs) He's literally asking for it. He's literally asking for it. This is the one time that's The one time that excuse. As I was saying it, it was like, oof, do I want to say that? For Nazis. (laughs) For Nazis, For Nazis. Swastika's a target. Mm -hmm. Let it it stay that way. Black sun. Mm-hmm. Kind of a target. Kind of a target. Yeah. 
I feel like we count that one as a swastika, I think which I used too. to own stuff with that on it because I thought it looked cool. Because you didn't know, because right. you thought it looked I, cool. Because I was like 20 and we weren't talking mm. about that shit then. So weird how uh, fascists can easily use uh, mm-hmm. fun symbols fun, and cool uh, mystic, symbols. mystical It's a neat design. Bullshit, yeah. I accidentally made the okay sign in a picture and then I was like, fuck, I have to delete that. <laughs> See, I have a lot of mixed feelings on that because like, are we really going to let them take the, the fucking no. okay to sign? Like, no, no, we're not. But I wasn't going to. But we're also not going to let like fascist adjacent grifting pieces of shit use it to provide cover for themselves. It's mostly just yeah. people and what were you saying, Katie? Katie? <laughs> <laughs> I did it again. Never mind. I'm sorry. Should I can no, no, I no. can I penance with one pump and one cream <laughs> in my mouth? Yeah. Okay. No, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it? Sure, don't do it. Do it. Is this all going in? <laughs> oh, this is going in. Oh no. He's no. doing the Getting ready for a pump. Oh! He got a cream. It was like a half cream. <laughs> half a pump gives was, half a cream. It was too much hazelnut. It's dribbling down <laughs> your shirt. <laughs> He's covered in hazelnut. It's almost like someone busted a hazelnut. Mm. <laughs> one might say that. Uh, that was horrible. After half a pump. <laughs> too much cream. You're going to get too much cream. I did not like that. Yeah, it wasn't great. Point is, Katie, don't delete the photo of yourself doing the okay symbol. I already did. <laughs> anyway, that really disrupted my train of thought. I know. There's <laughs> still very strong hazelnut flavor in my mouth. Uh, okay. The march was intended to go from the Royal Mint through Shoreditch, Limehouse, Bow, and eventually Bethnal Green. I'm sure I've mispronounced all of those names, but again, Who colonialism. <laughs> Mosley would give speeches at a number of predetermined spots along the route of march. This was the plan but it did not quite work out that way. See, the years of brawling and escalating fascist violence had taught the serried anti-fascists and Jewish activists of London a couple of things. Since the march was planned well in advance, they had time to gather their own counter-demonstrators. A vast alliance of Jews, Irish dock workers, trade unionists, socialists, and communists put down their differences and came together to stop some goddamn Nazis from goose-stepping through the streets of London. Mm -hmm. On October 4th, 1936, Oswald Mosley... 3,000 fascists and 6,000 cops assembled on Cable Street. They were met by a force of between 100 and 300,000 anti-fascists. Wow. Yeah. The counter-demonstrators commandeered a bus and a tram to use as makeshift barricades. They threw sticks, rocks, furniture, rotten fruit, and human urine and fecal matter at the badly outnumbered police and BUF men. The fascists tried to start up a chant, M-O-S-L-E-Y, we want Mosley. And the crowd shouted back, much louder, so do we, alive or dead. Oh. Yeah, solid, solid chant. Solid chant. The police deployed to push back the anti-fascists, meeting their chair legs and pipes with good old-fashioned British billy clubs and, of course, police horses, the ultimate riot control weapon of the last several centuries. But the anti-fascists set a plan for these as well. Hundreds of local children rushed up and deployed their marble collections, <laughs> rolling them under the feet of the horse cops and effectively impeding the police advance. Amazing. <laughs> the crowd began to chant, they shall not pass, a reference to the battle cry of Spanish anti-fascists who battled General Franco's men during that nation's civil war. More than 80 protesters were arrested. 73 cops were injured. In the end, local resistance was just far too much for them to handle. Commissioner of Police Sir Philip Game asked the Home Secretary for permission to cancel the march, which was given. The fascists were ordered to disperse, having never even started their march. The victory in the street was immediately celebrated by leftist and Jewish newspapers. Here's the Times of Israel. 
Quote, Battle stop Mosley March, declared a banner headlines on the labor-supporting Daily Herald, while the Communist Party's Daily Worker led its report with, Mosley did not pass. East London routs the fascists. The Jewish Chronicle was barely less exuberant. The people said no. Its story of events in the East End was headlined. So, Max Levitas, a protester that day who was interviewed about it many years later, called the Battle of Cable Street, quote, a victory for ordinary people against racism and anti-Semitism. That is surely true, but the exact extent of this victory is a little harder to parse out. Cable Street was not the end of fascism in Britain or even in London's East End. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more after some ads. Oh, yeah. Advertisements? Advertisements. I do want to, I do want to, I do want to. I'm really proud of those people for figuring out the marbles. I that's, love it so much. Well, some Keystone the cops. Kids. Like, yeah. So they're, good. They're the like, I hope that there was a little around, street like, urchin leader that's like, come on. Come on, boys. Right. Yeah. And I imagine him Let's sounding like a all. New Yorker. Yeah. Like he's a little New York kid. He just is yeah. in London's East End for no reason. Right. It's when a things start Oliver amping twist. up. Yeah. And like, yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. It's the end of and the hook. Beautiful. Should be a movie if it's not already. It should be a movie. I don't watch British movies that aren't. The hot fuzz. Sure. sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> that's the one. That's that's the only British culture I'm aware of. I understand. I also had one of their pies once, which was actually a pudding, or vice versa. I forget which. A hot which. fuzz pudding? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Ew, that sounds disgusting. Yeah. A hot fuzz pudding? A hot fuzz pudding. Uh, I guess it could be like peach peach pudding. I mean, no. I actually... I, I, no. Peach pudding? I don't know. No, you I'm trying to that. make hot fuzz pudding sound appetizing. I do love blood pudding, which is actually just a sausage, basically. Sticky right. toffee pudding. Sticky toffee pudding. That sounds like a... Sticky? Different thing. <laughs> <laughs> Give it the old sticky toffee pudding, didn't you, governor? <laughs> uh, why do they call people governor? Because everyone's a governor there. Oh! Mm-hmm. Oh, colonialism! Colonialism, because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they, they controlled so much of the world mm-hmm. that everybody, they, everybody became right, a governor. Right. Yeah. All right, products. The following is a high five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. I won! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sort. High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. Goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Timons Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. And we're back. Okay. 
So, uh, the Battle of Cale Street was a major victory for anti-fascism in England, but it was not the end of uh, Oswald Mosley's movement or even fascism in the east end of London. As the Times of Israel noted, quote, In the aftermath of it, Mosley's henchmen issued blood-curdling threats. It is about time the British people of the East End knew that London's pogrom is not very far away now, warned high-ranking thug Mick Clark. Mosley is coming every night of the week in the future to rid East London, and by God, there is going to be a pogrom. A pogrom is when you murder a bunch of Jewish people mm-hmm. and break their stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mosley was not in the East End every night of the week. As a matter of fact, he flew off to Germany not long after the Battle of Cable Street to get married at Joseph Goebbels' house. But, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yep. Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a nice house. Yeah, I'm sure. Because it was stolen yeah, from it's a nice house. Turn down that yeah. Nazis invitation. Kill. Yeah, of course. You got to go Got to go to the, the go, G house. You got to go to the girl's house to Go gerbling. Yeah. Yeah. But Mosley's men stayed active in the East End. The weekend after the Battle of Cable Street was witness to the worst spree of anti-Semitic violence in the history of modern England. It's gone down in history as the pogrom of Mile End. 200 of Mosley's blackshirts ran around Stepney, an East End neighborhood, and shattered the shop and house windows of every Jewish family they could find. They tossed an old man and a girl through a window. Manchester and Leeds also saw violent attacks. Some people argue that the Battle of Cable Street wound up being a propaganda victory for the fascists. It's hard to say whether or not that is true, but membership in Mosley's group surged by 2,000 people in the immediate wake of the battle. This surge was not evidence of long-lived political viability, though. Six months after Cable Street, Mosley attempted a major electoral push for the BUF in the East End. He framed the decision as a choice between us and the parties of Jewry. And yet, in spite of all that, local black shirts only earned one-fifth of the vote. Cable Street also led to increased regulations on violent political groups. The police pushed Parliament to pass a Public Order Act. Among other things, it banned the wearing of political uniforms in public and gave the police the power to ban marches for political purposes. It also allowed police to arrest speakers who, say, directed violent rhetoric towards the Jews or other minority groups. So you might argue that Cable Street, while not a decisive defeat of fascism, prompted the government and police to actually do a damn thing about all the goddamn fascists marching around in the streets and that that helped kill off the movement. Others would argue that the main effect of Cable Street in the immediate term was to let the Jews of London know that they were not alone. Bernard Copes was 10 years old during the battle, and a Jew. He would later tell the BBC, quote, My mother said there were only two types of people in the world, Jews and Jew haters. Of course, when Cable Street came along, the Irish laborers and dockers came out, and it was them that really made sure Mosley didn't get through. My mother and father really had to change their minds after that and accept that others did come to help us out. So... Hmm. Complicated legacy. Yeah. Yeah. The British Union of Fascists stopped wearing their black shirts after Cable Street, but Mosley continued to be a major part of British political life for years to come. He diverted his focus away from the Jewish question and rewrote himself as a defender of peace. Of course, this was peace with the Nazis, because Oswald really quite liked the Nazis, Mm -hmm. but it was more palatable to the broader British public than straight racial hatred. He developed a brilliant slogan during this period. You want to guess what that slogan was, Cody? Um. Britain first. And that's exactly yeah. it. That's oh, exactly I thought it was going to be America first. <laughs> no, that would not have. That was my second guess. My second guess was going to be America stupid. first. Stupid, stupid girl. No. <laughs> Didn't mean Britain that. first. Uh, and found himself working more and more with Neville Chamberlain's governments in its efforts to appease the Germans. The BUF hit its greatest number of members, 50,000, in 1934. But it continued to remain a force in British politics until 1940. In 1939, Mosley was able to attract 20,000 people to a peace rally. Things, of course, changed rather abruptly when England went to war with the Nazi Germany. 
The yeah. BUF was banned, having never succeeded in gaining parliamentary representation. The government interned many prominent members of the BUF during the war, lest they act as an enemy fifth column inside England. Mosley was initially moved to Brixton Prison, but eventually upgraded to the nicer Holloway Prison when he got sick, out of Winston Churchill's desire to, that he not die and become a martyr. Which, uh, maybe reasonable. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, guy had a lot going on. Mm. Of the things I'll criticize Churchill about, whatever. Yeah, not that one. one. Yeah, whatever. I get it. I get that. After the war, Mosley attempted to rebrand himself as a normal conservative politician. He formed the Union Movement and ran for Parliament again in 1959, right after the Notting Hill race riots. According to the Telegraph, quote, his campaign called for forced repatriation of Caribbean immigrants and a prohibition on mixed marriage. What? What? <laughs> he's, he's just a Nazi in a slightly more advanced age. <laughs> he never again succeeded in gaining significant political standing. When he died in 1980, he left behind a legacy of hatred and bigotry that persists in the UK to this day. The organization Britain First was founded in 2011 by former members of the British National Party. It campaigns against multiculturalism with Christian patrols of Muslim neighborhoods and mosques. Its name was, of course, spawned by that rally held by Oswald Mosley in 1939. In 2017, Britain First campaigners edited together a false video purporting to show a Muslim man attacking a woman on crutches. They tweeted this video out, and it was retweeted by President Donald Trump. When President Donald Trump was criticized for this, White House spokeswoman Sarah Sanders said, whether it's a real video, the threat is real. Uh In March 2019, a piece of shit shot and killed 50 people at two mosques in Christchurch, New Zealand. He published a manifesto online and noted Sir Oswald Mosley as his number one ideological influence. Obviously, quite a lot of what he wrote in that manifesto was calculated nonsense, but not this. Over and over again, throughout the manifesto, the shooter expressed clear Mosleyite views. He believed white countries should be completely independent. Both economically and in terms of their population, they should be cut off from immigration from the rest of the world. His desire was for the white world to remain in a state of autarky and an end to multiculturalism. And so, more than 80 years after the Battle of Cable Street, the ideals of Oswald Mosley live on. As they do. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <clears throat> nothing changes nothing changes everything happens uh, again but the, sometimes yeah. you can trip some horse cops with I marbles mean, sometimes you can trip some horse cops why haven't we been using oh, that at our demonstrations mm-hmm. it's just like and you see them you see them like under the carriage waiting they're all huddled there yeah. and they got their marbles ready oh, and it's just, a like, great moment I mean, we don't need to have them on horses to trip them up yeah. on marbles yeah, no. yeah, I could trip up some Nazis with marbles trip mm-hmm. up no some problem. Nazis yeah mm-hmm. we need to invest in big marble the uh, it made it me one of the first things I thought of was that video that he, he retweeted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's like oh yeah, Britain first, Britain first, fake Muslim video. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's him literally we retweeting propaganda made by a group uh, inspired, inspired by, by and descended by Oswald yeah. Mosley. Yeah, it's really um, pretty cool. It's uh, I was gonna say bad, but yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> pretty, pretty cool. Pretty smart and cool. It's smart and cool and good. <laughs> and good. Uh, I forgot to mention good, the Great. good part. Great stuff. Mm-hmm. We really don't learn shit. Um, no, we don't. Uh, I had an argument with my mother uh, in the immediate wake of the uh, that attack yeah. where we were talking about, you know, the, the horrible murders that had been committed. And mm-hmm. she expressed her belief that the United States should just pull all of its soldiers back from all of the other places in the world they are and basically just kind of wall itself off from the world and mm-hmm. be, you know, you could call it a state of autarky. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of like cut yourself off. Sort, sort of like sort of like yeah, isolate, Mosley suggested, yeah. America yeah. first type what thing. The, yeah. Interesting. I've I've seen a lot of people arguing that like maybe he uh, he's like a monster uh, who like did terrible things, but maybe like the reasons he did it weren't wrong. Yeah. Like maybe we should consider like doing what he suggests yeah. to avoid more uh, terrorist violence like that. Like sort of like like capitulating to terrorists, kind of. Yeah, well, give them what they want, so they stop. That's what we always say about terrorists. Mm, we negotiate with we, them. We, we negotiate. Yeah, with yeah. Them yeah. And yeah give you them always. The first negotiate. thing we do with, with a terrorist yeah. is we negotiate with them. I remember that from the documentary Air Force One in the late 1990s. <laughs> I also have seen that documentary. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's. Uh, I want to note um, to get a little slightly back on topic. Uh, I think it's interesting and terrible uh, that. When this happened, the shooting happened, mm-hmm. you, like, I remember one of the first things you sent to me was, I was literally just writing yeah. about yeah. Mosley. I started writing this, like, four days before the shooting. Right. Like, yeah. I remember, because we were on a podcast about... George Lincoln Rockwell. About, right. About Rockwell and all, all that kind of stuff. And then, and literally you said, like, I wouldn't be surprised if by the time this is over, something uh, like this happens. And then, like, I think a day or... No, uh, that, that night. Was it that night? It was the night of the third episode. Okay. Yeah. It was the night of the third episode. It did. And you were in the middle of writing about the person that inspired him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Wasn't that book mentioned in the manifesto, too? Which one? Was it the Truman... What was it called? I can't the think. Turner of it. Diaries? Turner, oh, the, Turner. No, it wasn't mentioned, but it was it was a clear inspiration. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All and he had, you know, the 14 words written on his rifle, right, which we, right. we traced the descent of that back to Rock. Right, it's all it's all it's all there in uh, some in some cases in black and white. Yeah. Um my point being that everyone should follow and protect Robert Evans at all costs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I want to stay more on point, but I have this beautiful image in my head of, of President Harrison Ford rolling up in the presidential memo <laughs> and there's just a plume of pot smoke rolling out of it and then Shia LaBeouf staggers out and sure, then, yeah, and, yeah, then yeah. and then old Harrison Ford in his sweatpants mm-hmm. just sort of saunters up to, yeah. to the Arlington Cemetery to, wiping some chocolate to, off his shirt <laughs> like... we all need dreams to live for and that is as good of one as that's any. my dream <laughs> oh, yeah, he's got some coffee made cheese. dribbling down his fit, shirt <laughs> absolutely as do I Robert, do you have anything to plug? I have a, a Twitter at I write okay. Uh, dot com. Yes. Hmm. Yes, indeed. I write okay dot com. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have uh, the website for this podcast is behindthebastards.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram and at bastardspod. You can buy a shirt behind the bastards T public. You can buy a shirt or food and water and medical supplies to mm-hmm. prepare for the impending yeah all you collapse. Uh, uh, I have a podcast that's not this one coming out soon mm-hmm. that is called It Can't Happen Here or It Could Happen Here. Mm-hmm. One of the, one <laughs> of the two. Google them both. Yeah. You'll find different it, things. Something or other happen yeah. here. Yeah. It's about what happens if civil war in America, mm-hmm. but a second one. Yeah. It'll be fun. For all you fish opposites out there. For all you fish opposites out there. Uh, it'll be out by the time this episode drops, unless they put this episode up tomorrow against my express wishes and desires. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that, Sophie. Yes, yeah, Sophie. She's the audio engineer today. Yeah. She does Sophie. not know how to engineer audio, so it's anyone's <laughs> guess as to whether or not this episode will ever drop. Can you hear? Can you hear this? Can, can anyone hear? Can, Tommy, can you hear me? Okay, we really need to just end the episode. Right. It's done. It's done. The 
The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sort. High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. Goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.